Next on BYU Sports Nation, spring forward for BYU basketball and football. Which sport will we learn more about this spring? Assistant coach Terry Nashif and former coach Steve Cleveland weigh in on the matchup with the only team besides Gonzaga to beat St. Mary's. NIT plus BYU Sports Nation karma goes next level for BYU baseball. Volleyball still rolling. And the greatest 43-mile-an-hour first pitch it. you'll ever see. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation back to work live your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. March 13th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. What's up? I'm Spencer Linton, alongside the man who was back after almost two weeks out of Studio B, sun-kissed, well-rested, spring training baseball expert, Jerem Jordan. Hey, it's great to be back. Uh, went to spring training for the first time, had a great experience. I think I'm going to go every year. It was so fun. Uh, the highlight was going to the Cubs-Mariners game Thursday. Adam Law and Jacob Hanneman, Mariners, Cubs, both former BYU baseball players, got into the game and both got a hit. Amazing. It was fun. there. It was fun to talk to them after. Um, yeah, I had a great experience. It was fun, man. I, I had Brodio 2017, the brothers-in-law and the father-in-law. Brodio. Brodio That's what we called it. Yeah, Brodio 2017. Movies, golf, went to the Lakers-Suns game, saw a crappy basketball game. Saw a bunch of good baseball games. It was fun, man. It was fun. <laughs> it was really fun. I'm legit jealous of your Brodio. Bro- Brodio. That's impressive. What a weekend. We would, we would do this, but most of the time we, one of us has to be here. That is true. Yeah. Hey, you, listen. You earned it, man. May, hey, maybe in May we could go do something. Maybe we should look into something Maybe like we've that. already planned something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we have. Maybe. May, may, may or may or not. May not yeah. have planned something yeah, in May. Hey, I can't think of a better way to welcome you back into Studio B than with some breaking news. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. After all, what's a Monday show without breaking news? BYU's spring football special will air live on the BYU TV and the BYU TV app at 3 p.m. Eastern, March 25th. That is Saturday, March 25th. Full coverage of the BYU Spring Scrimmage from Lavelle Edwards Stadium featuring analysis and interviews from the Countdown to Kickoff crew, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and of course, Jeremy and I will be there as your BYU Sports Nation co-host. Now here's the thing. This is the first time that BYU TV will air footage from the Spring Scrimmage. I'm stoked. We'll be there, we'll be live, we'll show it to you. People have been been, asking for this for a long time. Yeah, it's been a while in the making. It's great that we're going to do it now. I'm stoked. 2017 is the year, year two of Kalani Satake. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. So Blaine and Dave and Lauren and you and I and and company, it's going to be great uh, to show you the scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's access to practice. We're in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's March. It's year two. It's Ty Detmer. It's Tanner Mangum. It's Fred Warner. It's all these guys. It's uh, Diane Guacamole. It's going to be great. March 25th, 3 Eastern time. It's going to be fun. I need you to say Diane Guacamole in Ty Detmer voice. Diane Guacamole. (laughs) It'll be great. We're going to show you all our plays uh, so that all the opponents know those plays. (laughs) That's like all the fear, right, of the coaches or whatever. No, it's going to be great. They can dumb it down, do whatever they want. It's going to be fun. 
It's 2017. It's BYU TV and it's BYU football. Yeah, this, we're this stoked. This is a great. This is a great situation. I think for everybody. Absolutely stoked. To recap, full coverage of the BYU spring scrimmage from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. March 25th, that is a Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern, featuring analysis and interviews from the Countdown to Kickoff crew, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and Jeremy and I with BYU Sports Nation. Hey, we're off to a fantastic start on a Monday, so bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Speaking of spring football... BYU continues today with practice number seven right here in Provo. Friday, the team will hold a public practice in St. George, Utah, remote. Watch post-practice interviews today at 1.10 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live via the BYU TV Sports page. And that's spring break for BYU. It's the first time BYU will have a spring break. Now, it's, a, it's one day. It's not a, you know, a week or a weekend, but it's a day. So the football team's going out on the road. That's cool. Men's basketball is a three seed in the NIT. Trabian. The Cougars host Sun, the Sunbelt regular season champs UT Arlington Wednesday at 9 Eastern on ESPN2. UT Arlington is the only team besides Gonzaga to beat St. Mary's. And they won in Moraga. What? The, the nemesis? The nemesis of the nemesis is coming too perfect. here? It's too perfect. That's pretty good. Assistant coach Terry Nashif and analyst Steve Cleveland will discuss the tournament and matchup coming up. Yeah, potential uh, final showdown in Madison Square Garden with the Utes. <sighs> How much did Larry Kriskoviak pay the NIT to get out of that? Because Utah's a two-seed. They should have been the two-seed in BYU's bracket with Cal. Wait, they're they're, they're a three-seed. Oh, they're a three-seed three as well? Seed. Yeah. But still, they could have been on the same side of the bracket and met BYU at like... At least the final four. Utah's playing Boise State, a regional matchup out of conference. That would have been BYU, too. Yes. yes. What? Yeah. Come on. Hey. If BYU hadn't beat Gonzaga, maybe BYU would have lined up with Utah. This, as I'm, the seri- six, I'm as serious. As the sixth seed. Yes. Yeah. Very possible. Very possible. Third-ranked BYU in men's volleyball swept number 9 Pepperdine on Friday and Saturday in Malibu. They rolling, Jerem. Jake Langlois had a season high 19 kills Saturday to lead the Cougars over the waves. That's good because this weekend it's BYU and Hawaii. Hawaii has won like 14 in a row. BYU's won like 11 in a row or something. Coming to Provo. I'm stoked. That's going to be a great uh, setup Friday and Saturday on BYU TV. And BYU baseball, did you hear this? They snapped out of uh, kind of uh, some doldrums here at the beginning of the season. It's funny how that happened. They won three or four. Mike Littlewood comes on the show. And they snap out of it. Yes. On the, Friday, right? The day after they lost the opening mm. game of the series. Mike Littlewood comes on. They win three in a row. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, against Santa Barbara. Highlighted by a game-ending Keaton Kringlin diving catch Saturday. Up into the air. Kringlin is on his horse. Makes a diving stab. And that's it. He ends it in classic fashion. What a catch by Keaton Kringlin. The, the, Chris Kringlin wraps up another <laughs> great catch. I think someone tweeted oh, at me. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. BYU won on a walk-off homer, by the way, Friday afternoon with Daniel Schneeman. Here's the thing. They went down 5 to nothing in that game. Yeah. They also had like a 4-5 or five run deficit in the last game of the series against UC Santa Barbara, but the BYU Sports Nation karma Kicked in. BYU's oh. won three in a row now. If you doubt the karma, another manifestation. Since Mike Littlewood came on the show, yeah. he, he tweeted out, I should have come on the show two weeks ago. Yeah, we, that's our bad. We should have invited him. <laughs> Slash, he should have asked. Um, yeah, and the last two games, BYU put a lot of runs on the board, which brings us to the stat mm. of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU baseball scored 31 runs the last two games, 14 and then 17. 17 Where to 3 win. Where have all these runs been? Yeah, 17 to 3 win on Friday night and then 14 to 8 on Saturday afternoon. Awesome. So baseball, baseball's rearing and ready to go. They play Mexico State tomorrow. They play Connecticut in a three-game series. We're going to have two of those three games coming up this week as well. It's going to be awesome. They, yeah, in big fact, week. I believe that TV has a game every day this week, right? Yes. Monday through Saturday. Gymnastics. And you're involved in baseball, every single one? Softball. Oh, except for volleyball. Baseball. Volleyball. Baseball. Volleyball. <laughs> wow. This is a busy week. Pretty cool. Wow. Pretty Let's good go. stuff. Also, Jason Shepard threw out the first pitch. It was a heater. And maybe he had something to do with the transfer of karma. You know, he took heat. He went on to the mound, and BYU is 3-0 and since he threw out that first We'll pitch. show you that yeah. pitch coming up. Yes, we will. Later in the program. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Spring forward. Everyone feeling nice and rested after springing those clocks forward? Yeah, me neither. Still, that will not stop us from pushing forward with our spring projections for the two big money sports at BYU, basketball and football. In fact, let's do as we often do, Jerem, and have some fun with a little competition, pitting the two against each other in our Twitter question. What will teach us more about next year? BYU hoops in the NIT or BYU spring football? Hmm... Use the hashtag BYUSN. Think about it. At Kugbaka. Spring football. After watching Harvey Longy play this year and with BYU recruiting Longy to Tuifua, I say give me Mo Longy. Hashtag bad pun. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, great, if some Longy great... is good, Mo Longy is better. Yes, that's right. That's actually <laughs> a good one. I like that one. What are we going to learn? I mean, really, what are we going to learn from either of these sports in the spring? How much... Will we actually be able to see and watch and notice? Like, this is an interesting question. So, Jerem, you know, let's, let's put it to you right now. What, which sport do you think is going to teach you the most? Football. Because I'm not going to learn anything from the men's basketball team in the really? NIT. Really? We know what they are. We've seen 33 games. Okay. What's the men's basketball team going to do that we're going to be like, whoa, if they went on the road and won some games, to be like, okay, that's progress. But I still look at the whole season as what they are. You're not what you think you are. You are what you do. So we've seen what the men's basketball team is. They're very talented. They could beat Gonzaga. They could lose to Utah Valley. They struggled on the road. They're young. They're still gelling. I like that this group returns five starters, but I think we know what they are. And they're a young, talented group, right? When they're healthy, they can be pretty good. I'm going to learn more from football because football in the spring, they actually go 11 on 11. In basketball, it's like extra practices. Uh, okay, cool. They can always just scrimmage, like whatever. Football never goes, we're going to play pickup football 11-on-11 tackle at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on a Saturday afternoon in the summer. So it's going to be football. It's Tanner Mangum. It's his show now. This is the first time. It's year two okay. of the offense okay. and defense. We have a coaching switch on the defense with Kafusi coaching the linebackers. This is all important. You need to establish this because once you get to August and you insert – the freshmen, they don't make a big impact, but these return missionaries are getting into shape. Uh, and this is, it's football. It's definitely football. I tend to agree with you on most of those points because 
yeah, the the actual spring scrimmage is going to happen, and it's eleven on eleven. And this is there's more, and we get to see it this year for the first yes, time. There's more solidarity on the roster compared to last year, so there will be more continuity from spring to fall this year than compared to last year because of injuries and all this different stuff that was going on. But it's still the spring, so we we can watch it, but we can't watch much of it other than the actual scrimmage. So the opportunity to learn is kind of focused in on that one game, right? But all of spring football is what we're talking about. Not just the scrimmage. So we learn more from the coaches coming out, position groups, things like that. Like The collection of that is greater than what we could potentially a co- Yeah, learn. a couple of games in the NIT. A few games yeah, in the NIT. Yeah, we've seen 33 games, bro. Like I think we have a pretty good idea of what this team is. Well, the first postseason experience... At BYU, for the majority of this team, especially, you know, the Lone Peak guys, like, it will be interesting to see them perform in the postseason. So I think I'm, I'm looking forward to learning how they're going to show up after the St. Mary's loss in, the, in a postseason environment. I think, so I am intrigued by that. What are you going to learn, you think? That how, you didn't already know. How do, how do they respond to that? How do they respond to... And it's at home. That doesn't... Like, how much connective tissue will there be to a potential run in the NIT to what BYU does next year, maybe in an NCAA tournament? Creighton is a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. That's a team that BYU beat at home last year. I think that's the goal. You want to be like Creighton, where you make the leap from the NIT a couple rounds in. Virginia Tech did it, too. Yeah, to the NCAA tournament, where, okay, we got some experience. We're returning five starters which, guess what? St. Mary's did this year. There's continuity. You're going to be better. It's how much better. That's what I want to learn, but we won't learn that until next year. Mm. Yeah. We're be, saying based on spring or the NIT, what will you learn more about next Football. Year? Yeah. Just because yeah, just there's more new. There's more new. Yeah. Yeah. Yet, I'm excited to see if BYU can get to Madison Square Garden. Again. Absolutely. What's it. Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals, offering commercial and residential highlights equipment at more than 80 locations nationwide. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What will teach us more about next year, BYU Hoops in the NIT or BYU Spring Football? At Jaker Kemp says, got to be the NIT. How they approach this tournament will say a lot about the character and drive of this young team. So that's... Again, that's something that I'm looking forward to potentially learning something new about. Yeah, motivation always you know, in question when you didn't reach your, your goals, right? Are you still motivated? BYU basketball assistant coach Terry Nashif sheds his Spider-Man duties to give up his elite views on the Cougars opening round. Look at the T-shirt, NIT dude. opponent, Air Mormon. This is BYU Sports Tom Nation. Collinsworth. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio nationally. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Station. Hashtag BYUSN when you respond. And remember, breaking news today brings us something we have never had on BYU TV before. Yeah, the BYU Football Spring Special, March 25th, will be live at 3 Eastern time. We've never broadcast this before, so it's great that we could connect and make this happen. March 25th, 3 Eastern time, we'll be live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Dave and Blaine on the call with Lauren on the sideline. Uh, we'll be there. We'll have uh, our crew there. It's going to be awesome. March 25th, the spring scrimmage slash practice will be live on BYU TV. Very exciting. What will teach us more about next year, BYU basketball in the NIT or BYU spring football? That is our Twitter question today. At BRoyalBlueCoog tweets in neither. After two years of unexpected, a magic eight ball could tell me more. <laughs> but that's what makes it fun, right? 
Yeah, right? we're, we're all just guessing anyway, right? That's half the battle. Yeah. It's, got, it's a talk show, right? It's it not a pregame fun. show. It is fun. The theater of sport is the only true reality television, and true. I love it so much. Besides The Bachelor. I love it. No. I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm not a fan. Really, Jerem? I, no, I've never watched it. <laughs> I've never watched it. You're alienating yourself from a large portion of our audience. I did when I said that St. Mary's is the BYU-Idaho of NCAA <laughs> yes, basketball as well. Yes, you did. No. But then I wore my Rick's shirt. Really funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. Joining us now in Studio B, friend of the program and an all-around good man, might, Terry Nash. You might watch The Bachelor. I don't know. Wearing his Air Mormon Kyle Collinsworth t-shirt. <laughs> Assistant basketball guys? coach represent. <laughs> Welcome, Terry. What's up? How are you? Good. good. Kyle sent you that shirt? That's sweet. I bought it, man. You bought it? Absolutely. Oh, support, support, support Kyle, and it's, uh, it's great. Love the shirt. So, awesome play. I saw it on Twitter and reached out, and he was able to get it to me. And yeah, so, support the cause. You Absolutely. Thought, here's a man that understands fashion, Jerem. Yes, okay? he does. Yeah. Not, not yeah. only does he show up the Air Mormon t-shirt, he was rocking the Spider-Man costume Medium, the, the at the Rex Lee run on Saturday. And I believe that Terry understands forward fashion, including how awesome the Nike Tech Fleece Capri sweats are. Absolutely. I think, I think what you need to understand, I, heard, I learned this from... Uh, uh, Archie Rose, you guys remember Ace? Oh, Came yeah. in oh, town, yeah. oh, yeah. talked to him, and, and I was asking about some stuff. He knows style really well, and he said, hey, T, you're right where you need to be. Yeah. And uh, Spencer, you're right where you need to be. And then the other thing you need to think about is where the criticism is coming from. <laughs> and sometimes it's a compliment because you don't want to be like some of the people that are criticizing you. And if you look at them and they think, hey, what you're wearing is great, you want to be like, whoa, I need to, I need to evaluate where I'm at. So. <laughs> yeah. You're right this where you need to be, is, Spencer. This is fantastic. Right logic, where you need Terry. to be. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Don't let the majority of people tell you what to do. The stylish Terry <laughs> Nashup in Studio B. Hey, really interesting matchup announced last night uh, in the NIT. Did you know that UT Arlington beat St. Mary's? I was well aware of that. Yes. Isn't that funny? Yes, that's I'm like, well aware of that. That's like, yeah, I, I saw Jason Shepard tweet out. That's like the new, did you know Ziggy didn't wear, like, play football before? Yes. You think? Like, everyone knows that they beat... St. Mary's, right? Yeah. So that, that's an intriguing matchup, I think, for you guys. Absolutely. And they, they executed the game plan that you go in hoping to, you know, execute against St. Mary's. They led for 32 minutes of that wow. game. Wow. Hmm. You try to make St. Mary's uncomfortable, it's really hard to do. They have their pace. They have their style. They do what they do. Uh, the one thing that gets them, it seems, it appears, is to have the lead against them and keep continually scoring and just continue to have the lead throughout the game. That's what Gonzaga does yeah. against them, and that's what UT Arlington did against them, 32 minutes, and uh, that's what happened, and they won the game. Were you a little bit disappointed to see Utah on the other side of the bracket? I think, I think what you look at in the NIT is you look at our schedule last year and you try to bring teams in that you can't schedule, right? And uh, we were able to get Virginia Tech in our building, Creighton in our building, UAB, a great team in our building, and obviously it was hard to schedule Utah this year, so it would have been great to, to play them. Um, but uh, we won't be seeing them early on, at least. Yeah, early on, at least. That's right. Uh, UT Arlington, uh, Wednesday night. Um, the motivation is always the thing you talk about when you want to be in the NCAA tournament, obviously. But if not, you want to make a run. And you guys have, the last two times in the NIT, made a run to New York. So what's the conversation like with a totally new group from last year, basically? I think there's a couple things that are in play here. One, it's hard to get in the NIT. You look at... Uh, what basketball has done as far as how many teams there are, how hard it is to get in the postseason. You want to get in the NIT, to have a home game in the NIT is a big deal. And then you look at the way that our last game went, and you want to play again. And so, you know, we're sitting on that loss. Uh, we've been sitting on it for a long time. Uh, longest we've sat on a loss, obviously, with 
how many days we've had between games. And so uh, we're excited to play again. And uh, it's great to be in the NIT. It's great to have more games to play. And we need to show what we are and we need to play better. And uh, I think we will. What is the mentality of the team right now? Because, I mean, I, the conversations that I've had, obviously it's like we just want to get back on the floor because that's not us. That was a low point. Thing. So what's the mentality of the team right now today? I think that's exactly what it is, what you talked about. Um, we were making some strides. I know offensively, you look at the boy, the ball was really moving against Portland and Gonzaga, and then um, you even see that in the, the, on Saturday in the first game where the LMU, where the ball is just popping around, guys are sharing the ball, we know when the shots are coming, then the ball gets stuck a little bit, and that's happened throughout the year, and, and we need to be us, you know, in, in practice leading up to it, we'd actually made some huge strides as far as that ball moving, sharing it, uh, it gives us an advantage when we're playing on closeouts, when the ball's thrown in the post, then thrown out, thrown back in. It's just everything is different with the defense. And, you know, we'd seen some real strides of that, and we took some steps back, obviously, in that St. Mary's game. And we need to get out there and, and uh, play together and move the ball and, and be on attack. And the, the way that UT Arlington plays will allow us to do that. They change up defenses a lot, um, and they're re- they play really hard. Uh, that's one thing that they really do is they're aggressive and they play really hard. They're good uh, defenders and they change up defenses a lot. And so if we're on our game and we're sharing the ball and moving the ball, we'll be able to attack teams like that. Are they comparable to any team that you've played this season? Um, not really. There's little pieces of different things. They run a little matchup zone. Um, they'll switch everything at times. They down ball screens, where the, meaning they get up top and they don't let you use the screen. And then they'll switch, actually, that screen if it's a, you know, they, they're late on it. And then they'll switch back, so there's a small window there. Um, you look at the teams that they've played against, and uh, they haven't played a team similar to us, um, obviously, and so it's an intriguing matchup. You'll you'll know things how things are going if you look if it looks like we're trying to figure out what defense they're in, then we're not doing what we want to do. We want to be on attack. So at times the team doesn't even know our guys don't even know what defense it is, and uh, we'll call some plays that work man or zone matchup or um, different things that they do. Yeah, as a six seed, they're interesting because they're a top fifty RPI team. They're higher ranked in you know some BPI and Ken Palm than even you guys. So this matchup is fun. Now, the NIT is going to experiment with some rules. This is going to be interesting for the coaching staff, right? So two 10-minute segments of each half, still a 20-minute half, but the fouls reset. Five gets you in the bonus, and it's two shots. 20-second shot clock when the ball is inbounded in the front court. A few new rules that are going to be fun. Not, not only interesting for the coaches, but the clock operator. This is going to be oh. interesting. <laughs> Game's going. All of a sudden, we've got to reset the fouls to zero. Yeah. Um, but it is. Uh, we like to get to the line. Uh, we like as many times as we can. We've been there a lot. And so we think it's advantageous. One thing that I think is funny is uh, there'll be no one-on-ones. And uh, I think it's always intriguing when a guy goes, gets in there, it's a one-on-one, we got seven or eight fouls, and the coach is screaming at the ref, it's on the shot, it's two fouls, you know, and the player's going to the line like, wow, coach, uh, I think I'll make the first one and get the second one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got this, man. He's like, well, you don't think I got it, all right? That's why you're arguing about the second. We need this. It was a shooting foul. I need two. So there'll be none of that. Do you want quarters uh, in college basketball or 20-minute halves fun? I love 20-minute halves. Uh, you don't see it anywhere. This is interesting, the way the team fouls are coming and how they reset. Um, there's a lot that goes on when you think about a half and you know the, how many times have we seen seven to two fouls, eight to three fouls. Yeah, it's right. uneven. And all of a sudden, it's, at 10 minutes, it's back to 0-0. Zero, zero. And so all those different things, it, it comes into play. But I, I like 20-minute halves. It's uh, unique to men's college basketball, and I like that. Are quarters inevitable, though? I mean, the women went to quarters. Mm-hmm. At some point, the men are, right? 
I don't think it's inevitable. I think no. this is if it was, they would experiment with going to quarters, and that's not what they want to do. They want to it try to see like how the fouls go. Here, yeah. yeah, they want to keep the uniqueness of twenty-minute halves. It's uh, it's nowhere else, and then also, but get the aspect of um, the team fouls and things. Yeah. Would you change any rule in college basketball as it is? Because the one I constantly go back to is, can we please give the guys six fouls? Like that, I want that one, but who knows? What do you, would you change anything? Oh, I love that rule. Obviously, especially this year when uh, we're, we've lost so many starters and we're we're so slim on the bench. Let's give them eight. All right, eight, <laughs> fouls, would be, eight fouls would be wonderful. Please. Yeah, let's go to eight fouls. So uh, that, I think that's a great rule change. Um, I, I always want the shot clock shorter. You know, we play fast. Hmm. Let's speed everybody else up. And, uh, you know, there is a shot clock rule in here as far as going to 20. It's not going to make a difference for us. I love it when the, the refs go to the clock, you know, trying to reset the shot clock. We're on offense, and I'm continually just saying, hey, guys, just put it whatever you want. Let's go. We're going to score quickly. <laughs> put it at six. So, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Let's, let's keep the pace of the game. <laughs> yeah. Don't need to go to the monitor. Yeah. So. What, what um, for, for this group in the NIT, you, the future's uh, – everyone talks about the future. Future's overrated to me. The present is where it's at, right? The future is also important. What do you want to accomplish with this group right now, and how could that help you in the future? I think you talked about it, the president. We don't know what's going to happen. If someone was sitting here, we were talking you know, in the, in the summer, we're all, everyone's trying to project out what's supposed to happen, and then you talk about the different ways that our roster has looked throughout these games. No one can predict what's going to happen. Everyone says, hey, all five starters are coming back, all these things. We don't know that, right? So what we want to do is we want to come out, and we talked about it, we want to play better on Wednesday than we did previous Monday. And we want to get better and we want to play right. And then we want to have some success so that that can build towards the next game and then build towards the next game and see what we're made of. You guys talked about it. Yeah, how could you possibly know? This season has really been intriguing for me, looking at what challenges you have unexpectedly faced. I mean, Kyle Davis going out, LJ Rose going out, Eli Bryant not being able to come back. Like, he didn't have that critical time early in the season to gel with the guys. Like, you just think, no one's going to think, oh, yeah, he's going to get injured and this is going to happen. But one on top of the other, yet you still had to adjust. You still won 22 games. So I mean, when you look back at the season, maybe what was the most unexpected thing that, that happened? Well, I think you, you look at another thing with Eli. You take three months off of basketball, two months off of basketball, and it's going to take some time. I think Eli's really – he was really coming into – his own late, obviously at 39 at Portland. He's a better shooter than his numbers. We watch him in practice every day. Um, and then there's been so many unexpecteds, which is a little bit expected with the young team. But then you talk about the injuries. You wouldn't think that, you know, KD, your most reliable guy, starting every game, comes back and he's not with you after a few games, you know, and then LJ going out and then obviously Eli coming back. You beat the what had, at one point was the best win in the NCAA going to number one Gonzaga. Um, you get beat handily by a team. You get beat three times, which has never happened under Coach Rose. There's so many things that you couldn't expect, and so I don't know if you can pick one, um, but it's, that's what happens with a young team. So that's why you say you can't ever predict what this means to the next year, what this means to the next game even. Let's just try to beat UT Arlington and, and play well. Can you enjoy the NCAA tournament as a fan without – being like, ah, oh, I wish we were in that. Yeah, yesterday was sad. It's, you know, we've had so much success. We get there all the time. And other coaches, you talk about that, and they're like, come on, man, I've been in the tournament like twice in my 20-year career, <laughs> twice in my 10-year career, things like that. As in interesting as it sounds for me personally, I can enjoy it 
uh, a little bit more not being in it. You know, when I was in, when we were in it, you're always just focused on the games that you're playing. You get beaten and you just can't even watch basketball, those different things. And so the way we've had it with the NIT, we've been playing still. You feel good. You can watch other games. And so I've been able to enjoy it. So hopefully we can keep playing and enjoy the NCAA tournament. Got some good friends in the tournament, Coach Rice uh, with Nevada since 07. First time getting there. Really happy for him. Great friend and a great coach. And so uh, it's interesting not a if I'm not mistaken, not a Utah team. No Utah, so, no Utah teams. No yeah, Utah team. That's, yep. uh, that, that will be interesting. But uh, I'll enjoy watching the games. Lots of friends out there coaching. And so maybe we are Salt Lake's all... in the tournament, though. Gonzaga and St. Mary's playing in Salt in Lake. In Salt Lake, yeah. West Coast Conference representing Salt Lake. Uh, and maybe we are all Dave Rice and Nevada, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The BYU tie is right, I say, is right I, there. I say go Zags, but I want the Gales to lose in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> You've been a big Gales guy all along, right? Yeah. You, yeah. Thought were, you thought they were really good from <laughs> the beginning. Yes, I did. During the summer, I was like, they're going to be amazing. I remember coming on the show before you were talking about how the same area, and I was like, I think they're pretty good. But <laughs> it's, it's not part of my segment of the show, so I'll leave that they, to you guys. They return all five starters. No pressure next year. Oh, <laughs> good stuff. Terry, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Great, guys. Stay, Thanks, in, stay in your lane. You're doing great. You Spencer. got it, brother. I will, I will do just that. All right. a good 21 pilot song about that. Stay in your lane, <laughs> lane boy. boy. Lane boy. What will teach us more about next year, BYU basketball in the NIT or BYU spring football? More of your tweets. Coming up, the most dramatic 43-mile-an-hour first pitch you've ever seen. And <laughs> President Coach Cleveland on what he likes most about the matchup with UT Arlington. 43. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by... Chicano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. Terry Nashif just hung out with us in Studio B, talked about why this BYU basketball team wanted to get back on the floor so badly after one of the more awful losses in the Dave Rose era, right? Point, point spread wise, the like worst. Yeah. Worst loss of the season? Yeah, yeah, it was bad. So, so it's what's, good. What's their mentality? Yes, there's another game, right? Just flush that out of the system. Although we'll always remember that. Uh, but Wednesday against UT Arlington, BYU's got a chance to, uh, yeah, to do some damage. Also, BYU baseball tomorrow, a Tuesday non-conference game as they continue non-conference play against New Mexico State, who's in the NCAA tournament, by the way, won the WAC, uh, eight Eastern time Tuesday night. Who lost to Utah on BYU, Valley on BYU TV in triple overtime at home. Oh, at home. Okay. How about that? I wish UVU would have been a little better this year. So it'd be like, well, at least they were good. They won the white. No. They beat BYU in the Marriott Center, and they beat New Mexico State in Las Cruces, yeah. which Mark, is crazy. Mark Pope's building that program still. You're two. Right? Today's BYU Sports Nation headline. Spring football continues with practice number seven in Provo. Friday, the team will hold a public practice in sunny St. George, Utah, southern part of the state. Watch post-practice interviews from today's practice, 1.10 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live via the BYU TV Sports page. And if you missed it off the top of the show, the BYU Spring Football Special will air live on BYU TV in the app Saturday the 25th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. The scrimmage, the open practice for the first time will be live on BYU TV. Full coverage from the stadium will include analysis and interviews from the Countdown to Kickoff crew, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and Frankham. And, of course, BYU Sports Nation. We can't win. Men's basketball, a three-seed in the National Invitation Tournament. The Cougars host Sunbelt regular season champ UT Arlington in the NIT, Wednesday 9 Eastern on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Not UT San Antonio. I just want to make that clear. It's UT Arlington, right? The the team, the only other team besides (laughs) Gonzaga to beat St. Mary's. How about that? Yeah, Too good. Did you know they beat St. Mary's? Did you know that? I knew that. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah, everyone's talking about that. That's fine. Yes. 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 Did you know Ziggy didn't wear pads? 
Wait, Before what? I played what? BYU, third-ranked BYU volleyball swept number nine Pepperdine Friday and Saturday in Malibu. You're my Malibu. Jake Langlois, season nine, 19 kills in the win Saturday. BYU against Hawaii, top five matchup coming up Friday and Saturday on BYU TV. And BYU baseball won three out of four against UC Santa Barbara. Three and zero since Mike Littlewood came on the show. BYU Sports Nation, Karma, Daniel Schneeman had a walk-off home run in game number two. Keaton Kringlin had a spectacular catch on Saturday. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is the PCC, the President Coach Cleveland. Polynesian Culture Center? Cleveland. See, that's why it's funny, right? Yeah. That's why it's funny. Coach, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Thank you, guys. I'm doing good. How are you? We, we're feeling good. Oh, great. We like the, uh, the idea that we get to watch more BYU basketball, and uh, we want to know your reaction to the matchup with UT Arlington in the first round of the NIT. Well, you know, you mentioned it, regular league champs, and, and they did beat St. Mary's, and they beat them at St. Mary's. They didn't beat them at home, so that, that makes that even more special. I think probably uh, the one difficult thing for Arlington is you lose your second leading scorer, and the guy who started 32 games at the point guard position, he fractured his thumb on Friday and uh, it doesn't look like he'll be playing Jalen Jones. So that's a huge loss for our, I mean, anytime you go on the road and lose your point guard and don't have any time to kind of adjust, uh, I'm, I'm sure that'll, that'll be a difficult thing. But they're a very solid team. Uh, you know, and even, even with Jalen Jones, uh, I felt like BYU had the advantage playing them at home. But statistically, they're very similar in terms of scoring, in terms of the ability to defend and three-point shooting. I think the other thing is, is that, uh, you know, they're, they're coming off a great year. He's done a nice job there, Scott Cross. He's been there 10 years. They've been to one tournament in the NCAA, one NIT. But I think maybe the most important win they had is they beat Texas. And I know Texas is not great, but anytime UT Harlington beats Texas, Holy it's cow. a huge game. Yeah. It's a huge game. And so he's done a really solid job there, but... I think the loss of the point guard is really going to be something they can't fix this quickly. But it'll be competitive, I'm sure. I think I like BYU in this game just because they're at home where they do play better. But UT Arlington will guard, and they'll be prepared. And uh, if they have someone that can step in for Jones, that'll be great. If not, I think they're not going to they're not going to be able to make enough baskets to do it. If you told me, okay, B, what's the worst possible matchup for BYU in the next game? I'd say uh, St. Mary's again. And then the next thing would be a team that beats St. Mary's. So it's not Gonzaga, but it's that other team, UT Arlington. Does that spell uh, trouble for BYU potentially? Well, uh, you know, you look statistically, and in that game, St. Mary's shot like 39% at home and 29% from the three-point line. So you mean it tells me they guard, and it tells me that they had they, their upper-class team. They have all juniors and seniors that play, and when you have a senior point guard that plays, you know, a significant amount of minutes uh, and can control the ball and take care of the ball, you know, you can, you can play against St. Mary's. So they have the experience factor that maybe BYU didn't have. So, no, they're, they're well coached and they have good enough talent. Uh, I'm just saying that you take a big piece. I mean, you can afford to lose a lot of guys. Don't think at this juncture that you can lose your point guard who also happens to go for 15 and 5 a night. That, that's pretty hard to... Uh, find that guy on the roster that's going to take his place. But it tells me they're prepared to have a good coaching staff. And like you said, other than Gonzaga, they're the only ones to beat St. Mary's. So, and, you know, teams play bad at times, and, and St. Mary's, who knows what their mindset was in that game. But Arlington's well-coached, and they'll come in and compete. Um, they, pro- 
haven't played many games at altitude, and uh, they they probably haven't played many games against teams that. Uh, well, actually, they have you know one commonality is that they uh, they play Coastal Carolina. Yeah, they lost to Coastal play, Carolina, and, and they split with Coastal Carolina, and BYU beat them. So they got two two familiar <laughs> opponents, same areas in Coastal Carolina, but uh, they lost to Texas State by twenty. Uh, a team that they had split with in the season. So they're beatable. They're beatable in their own backyard, and, and I suspect that it'll be hard for them to beat BYU. I expect it to be a good game. President Coach Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars are 11-1 and all-time at home in the NIT, so generally very successful. If they get past UT Arlington, looking at a potential showdown with Houston or Akron, uh it's been about BYU getting to Madison Square Garden, right? I mean, that, that's because right. they've done it the last two times. Like, well, let's just get to New York City again. What kind of a road does BYU have this year with this young team to try and make that happen? Because it seems like a, a pretty tall task. Well, the, the thing about those previous tasks were at home. <laughs> Somebody got upset, you know, and, uh, and then all of a sudden they have home games. They're going to have to go on the road. Uh, Houston is a lot like them in that they're going to push the ball and score. Uh, they got a similar RPI at 55. Uh, they're 12 and four at home, so they've been beaten. That American Athletic Conference, SMU and Cincinnati are both really good. Houston finished third in that league, and uh, so you know it's not like they're going to be overwhelmed by BYU when they come in. So that'll be a, that'll be a tough place to play, even tougher to play to get. If you're talking about getting to New York, is going to Cal. And Cal is so good defensively. You know, they they changed the game defensively with Ivan Rab inside. That's just how they play. Now, Utah's played Cal and uh, three times, and obviously uh, lost in a close one. Then they blew them out, and then they got beaten in the NCAA tournament. And I consider Utah to be a pretty good defensive team as well. So, Cal will be a different challenge in that they'll have great size and they can guard. It's a tough road to go. You know, I, I think they beat Arlington. And then Houston, you know, you flip a coin. I, I don't know. I've not seen Houston play. I've looked at the comparative scores. They were 12-6 and six in that conference. They beat Vermont and Rhode Island. Those are good wins. Those are both two NC2A tournament teams. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, Rhode Island and Vermont are both teams that can pull off upsets in the first round of the NC2A tournament and get to the Sweet 16. And things have to happen. But Vermont especially has won 21 straight. And they're a team that is is a seasoned veteran team. So Houston beating those, the likes of those teams, you know they're capable of doing it. So, um, I, you know, hey, this is a great opportunity for BYU to be in this tournament. As you, you both mentioned, uh, it's one of those things that BYU gets to work on some things that get that bad taste out of their mouth about how poorly they played and, and move the ball offensively, play with some purpose, get back to guarding. Though I thought the defense against St. Mary's was better. I thought the offense was as stagnant as I've ever seen. And I'll tell you one other little thing is whether it's now or the spring or the summer, somebody has to emerge as a leader in this team on the floor. It can't be just Coach Rose and the staff. And I don't know if that will happen during this time, but if there's one thing that needs to happen with this program is there needs to be, an, there needs to be some leadership from the players rather than just the coaching staff. It'll be interesting to see who emerges in that role, not just in the NIT, but in the games moving forward in the years to come. Coach, it's always great to talk to you. We appreciate you taking the time with us on a Monday. It's March Madness. Life is yeah, good. Baby. Yes, it is. 
this is the time of the year we all love. Got of fun. So, uh, you know, I've never, you know, for a long time, you could not do uh, a bracket. You know, when you're, a, when you're coaching, you couldn't do brackets. They, they disallowed those things. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm back in the bracket business. Yes. <laughs> oh, let's go. Let's go, so Steve. When I, I, when I get back in California, we'll get together and uh, we'll, we'll get a little something together and Hopefully that's not a problem with BYU TV. Nope. Probably you, is, but I you love can it. fill out an it. NIT bracket with us. <laughs> yeah, we'll do both. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. All right, see you. Bye-bye. Steve, Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I had a lot I wanted to ask him. We ran out of time. Was he who, who's, who lost at home in the NIT? Who was it? I'm trying to remember. Was it Steve? Was it 1998? Maybe. Was it Steve? Was it you, Steve? <laughs> Did you do it? Hey, he had some good wins. Steve. No, he had some good wins. I wanted to ask him, like, was it you? What happened? Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the best first pitch ever, at least at 43 miles an hour. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights, including tonight, on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Here from assistant coach Terry Nashif on why he likes the mentality of this BYU basketball team despite a 41-point loss to St. Mary's. And Steve Cleveland's thoughts on NIT bracketology. And if you missed it, we are going to broadcast the spring football scrimmage an open practice, March 25th at 3 Eastern Time for the first time. We've been there before for several years, but we haven't shown you the scrimmage. This year, the scrimmage is on, baby. 3 Eastern Time, March 25th, yeah. live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's going to be great. Let's go. Twitter question today. What will teach us more about next year, BYU basketball and the NIT or BYU spring football? At Brute DR tweets in, neither. Mm-hmm. A lot can happen in six months out of our sight. I hope... We do well in the NIT, but it's not an indicator. Okay. Is it an indicator even in the least? Is it a key indicator, Elder? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. They put that in after we went. We're delaying the inevitable, Jerem. Are we? Something that we have been... Which is what? The tourney train hat? Did it make it back? I don't see it. it. The it is. The, the hat is back. It's just not on the desk. Oh, it's in Ben's office. Yeah. We don't, we we don't, don't need, need it, it right oh, now. Oh. Right? Oh. It hurts. It hurts. Selection Sunday. Irrelevant. Let's, uh, let's flip the script a little bit, huh? Let's do something okay. that's going to bring a smile to our faces. Uh, yes, it will. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you've been paying attention to the last week of the show with Jason Shepard, yeah. there has been like this super dramatic buildup to the first pitch that he threw out on Friday. Like, I don't know that yeah. I have ever seen somebody more nervous to throw out a first pitch. And he was trying to, you know... That includes Carly Ray Jepsen. Scale it down. He did a good job. But, like, because we put so much pressure yeah. on him... Yes. He wants to deliver. He's a mailman. Was yeah. mounting. Yeah. Okay, well, as promised, we chronicled Jason Shepard's first pitch. I'll tell you one thing, and we've said it a few times on the show today... It was 43 miles an hour. But where did it land, and did it get to the mitt? (laughs) Here we go, Jason Shepard's epic first pitch. Okay, we have arrived nearly at the moment where Jason Shepard will make or break his baseball career. 
guys have taken my stress level from here. Basically, we've cranked it up to 11. You realize cameras rolling, thousands of people watching. If you mess us up, you'll never live it down. Oh, you have no idea. I'm, I'm well aware of that. Big deal, no deal. Jason's upcoming bell or epic first pitch on Friday. Yeah, I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. Strike. this team and one hop that pitch so i am so grateful that i can look these guys in the eye moving forward skyball 43 miles an hour <laughs> thank you very much i'm glad that's over <laughs> well done jason yeah, yeah well done my friend was it it was more like medium well hey just float it on <laughs> in there baby hey yeah my first first pitch was way worse than that so he did a great job my second first pitch which didn't happen to be tweeted out last week. Just the first first pitch. Of course, just the just first my moment. worst moment of my life. Now, listen, he didn't. He had to deal with the buildup. You didn't have to deal. Yeah, with that's that type true. Of buildup for well, your internally, one. yes, I yeah. Then you opted to go Hideo Nomo and look off some in runners. a suit before the game. I was calling. <laughs> this that was a long time. That's like 2011. Oh, Mike Littlewood coming up. Behind I was in Jason. my 20s. Yeah, Mike, Mike Littlewood coming up behind Jason Shepard yeah, with the thumbs, going, thumbs, the down. thumbs down after he threw the he pitch looked, was really looked like funny. Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator. <laughs> kill! Kill! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so fun. Congratulations, Jason. You didn't embarrass yourself Did he get the ball much. back? Up next, four-year NFL extension for Daniel Sorensen, part of the Cougar Whip Around. Uh, lots of- BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. The question really is, Jerem, how fast do you think your first first pitch was when you threw it in the dirt? 44 miles an hour. <laughs> At least faster than 43. Let's whip it! <laughs> it's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Spring football continues today. Watch post-practice interviews today at 110 Eastern Time. Also, if you missed it, March 25th, 3 Eastern Time. The spring scrimmage will be broadcast for the first time in recorded modern history in this dispensation. Men's basketball. The Cougars are a three-seed in the NIT. They host Sunbelt regular season champ UT Arlington. Top 50 RPI team. Wednesday, 9 Eastern on ESPN2. What did Steve Cleveland tell us that should give you hope, though? It deals with a key injury to the Mavericks. Volleyball. NIT rebellions are built on hope. Third-ranked BYU swept number 9 Pepperdine Friday and Saturday in Malibu. Jake Langlois had a season-high 19 kills Saturday to lead Los Cougadores. Baseball. The Cougars won the series against UC Santa Barbara three games to one, including the last three straight after Mike Littlewood's visit to the show. 31 runs scored over the last two games. Holy cow. And don't forget the walk-off home run by Daniel Schneeman on Friday. Softball. Schneebly? The 25th-ranked ladies went 2-1 and one over the weekend following Fresno State. 6-1 to one Friday. They won both games Saturday. 9-4 over Sacramento State. 8-6 over Fresno State in eight innings. Women's basketball. WNIT selection will be released today around 9 p.m. Eastern on womensnit.com. BYU 
the automatic qualifier from the West Coast Conference. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen is a rich man. If I were a rich man, he is now. He received a four-year extension from the Chiefs. It's reported to be a $16 million deal with $8 million guaranteed. boy, Danny. Gymnastics. boy, Danny. BYU received its second highest score of the season. Earned more like it. 196.35, defeating Arizona. Their first head-to-head meet. That also happened after one of the gymnasts joined us in Studio B. The Karma had a fantastic weekend. By the way, they also have a meet tonight against Southern Utah. What time? 9 Eastern? 9 Eastern time. On BYU TV? Yes. The women's team finished 18th at the NCAA Indoor Track and Field National Championship. Shake Collinsworth took third in the 800 meters with a time of 202.35. On the men's side, Zach Blackham, 10th in the high jump, second team All-American. He had a jump of seven and a quarter. Golf. The women begin competition today at the Entrada Classic in St. George. Spring training. Jacob Hanneman had a hit and a run for the Cubbies yesterday. Attaboy. Rugby. BYU defeated St. Mary's. Yes! 35-26 on Helaman Field Saturday. Somebody did. Lacrosse. Second-ranked BYU fell 10-7 to 14th-ranked Chapman on Saturday. Okay, uh, scheduling change. I, I misspoke. BYU Gymnastics tonight is at 7.30 Eastern, 5.30 Mountain. Oh, okay. Because it's Monday evening, Jim. Yeah, it's, it's good when the, uh, when the play-by-play... <laughs> knows what time the event is. It's that's always a, an important thing. It's Monday evening, Family Eastern. Evening. Yes, five thirty Mountain yes. Time for gymnastics. Watch it live on BYU TV. Today's rise and shab brought to you by Dexter and Dexter help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it, Jerem? Tom Homel, Kalani Stake, everyone involved to make this happen, where the spring scrimmage can be on TV. March twenty fifth, three Eastern time. We're very excited about. it. What will teach us more about next year, BYU hoops in the NIT or BYU spring football? Our elite tweet of the day, at Nick Evans 224 says the NIT. Real competition with mostly the same team that will be here next year. True that. Woo! Let's just win. Get to the second round, man. Beat the Mavericks. Thanks to all of our guests, Terry Nash of Steve Cleveland, and to Jaron for coming back to work, man. Uh, I, was, I need to be here. So. Shout out to Bill Ruffner. We're out. Billy!